through to 17, it's about the character of the new man. It's about the character that you are, those of us who are in Christ. Therefore, as the elect of God, that's you, you are the elect of God, holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. What a beautiful piece of scripture to start off our first communion for the year. Because we have so many things that we can have in Christ as we put on the new man. For we are a new creation. But the thing that I particularly want to highlight out of this, this piece of scripture is that Christ forgave you. Christ forgave you. And so now you must do. And so as we move together in unity as God's people and as sons and daughters, as hard as it can be sometimes, difficult as it can be, we must forgive one another and put on love. And it ain't easy. <laughs> but the word of the Lord says, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Hallelujah. So as we examine our hearts this morning, before we take the communion, Let's, let's just seek the Lord and ask for forgiveness for ourselves and for our attitudes sometimes and for our, for our unforgiveness because it's sometimes the hidden things which are the hardest things to come clean before God with. But if we can, there is so much blessing to be gained. So that is my challenge for you right now. Examine your heart. Come before him naked. Lord, we thank you for your word, for the instructions that you've given us, that we must forgive one another just as you have forgiven us.
forgive us, O Lord, for falling short. Forgive us, O Lord, for hanging on to stuff sometimes. We lay, we lay our burdens at your feet this morning. We lay them at the foot of the cross, God. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who came and died and paid the full penalty for our sins, for our unbelief, for our unforgiveness, for every curse, generational and those self-inflicted. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your forgiveness. Have mercy on us, O oh God, and cleanse us from unrighteousness as we take this morning of the emblems in remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ who died. And so we take of the, of the bread this morning together in unity as one. Let's partake together, church. Thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us that was beaten and whipped and bruised for us. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for suffering and dying. We remember you. We remember you and what you did. And we thank you, too, that it didn't finish with death. No. We thank you that you rose victoriously on the third day, that you conquered sin and death, and that you made a way, Lord Jesus, through your resurrection for us, each one, to come into a relationship with our Father, our Creator, the Lord God Almighty. And so as we drink of the cup this morning, which represents your blood, we partake of the blessings that have flown, flown down to us here on earth the blessings of restoration, the blessings of healing, the blessings of wholeness, the blessings of fullness in our own lives. And we grab hold of those blessings. We take them. We take them for ourselves and for our families, for our children, our grandchildren, and we thank you that there is life and life more abundantly found in you, Lord Jesus. Take of the cup together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Wow. Happy New Year. <laughs>
Pastor Amanda's birthday yesterday, looking younger than ever. Absolutely, I organise the fireworks every year for her. It's good. We had a we had a great dinner last night. Michael, come and cook uh, cook paella for Amanda. And for those of you that missed out, you missed out. It was really really good. It was really good. So welcome everyone. It's the, it's the first of January. How quick did last year go? How happy are we about that? That we got through it. We got through it. And, and at the beginning of a new year, there's a couple of things that I'm going to propose to everyone that we should do. The first one is we actually have new giving things. I don't know where they are, but we can grab those in a second. But the first thing is I believe as a church we should fast this month with, with Brother Sadu coming. And, oh, thank you, sir. With Brother Sadu coming. Um, in February. So we, I believe we should fast. I'm not saying everyone should fast for the whole month. What I'm suggesting is as a church, we fast one day a week each. So myself and Pastor Amanda are going to fast on Sundays. So even though there's a orange and poppy seed cake out there, which is my favorite, thank you very much for that, Michael. Uh, I'm fasting today. I will take it home with me. Um, Pastor Ramel and Pastor Grace are going to fast on Mondays. So we've got two days covered. So if anyone would like to fast between Tuesday and Saturday, please let me know. It's just one day a week, the rest of this month. We all want breakthrough. We all know the story of when the disciples came to Jesus and said, we were praying for this demon to come out, but it wouldn't. And Jesus' response was, this one only comes out through fasting. So let me encourage you as a church, let's do it. It's one day a week. I don't think any of us are going to starve to death one day a week, but I'm not going to force anyone to do it because you need to be called to fast. Because even one day a week, if you're not ready for it, it will hurt. And you won't do the second one. So if, you, if you'd like to join us in that, let us know before you go home. Um, we've got two days covered, but there's no pressure. I will never force anyone to fast. I'm not talking about fasting TV or, or Netflix or any of that. I'm talking about we're talking food here. We need to remove something from our bodies. The second thing is I was going to do a, a daily devotional this year and send it out. But Brother Shenley, Apostle Shenley over in South Africa started doing it this morning. So I'm just going to share that with everyone as well. So if you'd like that, we have two options. The best one would be a Telegram group, or we can create another WhatsApp group just for that. Uh, let me know what you prefer at the end. And it's a democracy, so whichever one you choose, we'll do. But I'm not going to do both. Is that all I had? It'll only be short. Yeah, it'll maybe three, four, five minutes. Yeah, it'll be good. I listened to um, to his introduction this morning and I thought, there's no point in me doing it. He's all over it already. Join me in the Lord's Prayer before we go any further. How good is the worship this morning? Yeah, I need you to do that, please. How good is the worship this morning? It, um, that's the way to step into a new year, right? Worshipping the Lord. So join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven... 
hallowed be your name. Praise the Lord that the words are working too. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. It's his kingdom, not ours. You know there's churches that haven't met for weeks now because they're having a Christmas break? There's churches that aren't going back till next week? There's another church that's only just started and they're building it off can I be a bit cheeky? They're building it off the back of their father's name who passed away a few years ago. They're not going back till the 15th. That's part-time church. We don't do that, do we? Aren't we full-time believers? If you have friends that are going to these churches that are closed today and were closed on Christmas Day, ask them what sort of church they go to. So I'm pretty sure Jesus didn't say, oh, you know what, it's the new year. Don't meet today. We've got to start making a stand as a church. Do we like the direction the world is heading in? No? So let's start making a stand as a church. Let's start standing up. Amen. Pastor Amanda's excited about that. Awesome. <laughs> Simon, can you just hit that air conditioner button above you, please? Yes, it'll come on in a few minutes. So January is the time of new beginnings, right? And it's an appropriate response, or an appropriate response to that would be one of celebration. Who celebrated a little bit last night that we're coming into a new year? Who had a meal? Who had some friends over? And it's an appropriate response to give praise for life with all of its opportunities. This year is going to be a huge opportunity for churches and the church, the, the, the wider church body. For the world, though, it's going to get worse. I prophesied in 2017, 2022 would be bad. 2023 would be horrendous for the world. But by the end of 2025, we'd be coming out of it and the church would be strong. So our response to that is up to us, what we do. So the theme for our January messages is exactly that, celebrating the life that Christ makes possible. No matter how good or bad it is at the moment, we've got to celebrate it because God gave you that life. I love that Teddy said before. Now, I, I believe this year is a, a year of divine recovery and divine restoration. Teddy's wife was going through some stuff. And this is a new year. Praise the Lord, she's healed. So today we're going to talk about something that I think is really, really important. And it's seeking and finding the lost book. This is a lost book for a lot of people. For a lot of people who sit in churches, this is a lost book. I want to put the challenge out there to you as a church. I read the last verse of Revelation on the 30th of December. I read the first verse of Genesis on the 1st of January last year. Who wants to be read the Bible in a year? So if I actually said to you, if you go onto the Bible app, yep, see Gloria's all over it. If you go onto the Bible app, the Version Bible app, and you search for Refinery Life Church, you can set it as your church and we've already set 
the year's worth of scriptures there for you. You can read the Bible in a year. I encourage everyone to do that at least once. I do it every year. And we won't go chronologically. We won't go from book to book because you'll get to Numbers and Leviticus and you'll go, I'm out. <laughs> so it'll, it's mixed up. But the, the reading plan's already there for you. So let me encourage you. Go on. If you're not sure how to do it, I'll tell you later. Go on there and just set Refinery Life Church as your church and start the reading plan. We can do it together. We can do it together. That way when you want to talk about it, you've got someone else to talk to. So today we're going to talk about seeking and finding the lost book. But before we do that, I'm going to pray for our offering. And we're doing things a little bit differently. We have some ping boxes still there. We have some buckets, which we'll probably start using next week. But we've also got these giving cards. We're going to try and make it a little bit easier for people. So on the front there, there's a little QR code, which you can scan with your phone. It takes you straight through to the giving page on the website. Straight through to the website. So it's nice and easy. It's got the bank details, if you want to do a direct deposit. It's actually got the page on there that it takes you through to as well. Or we've got tap and go, the easy way to serve. And on the back, we've actually got whether you want to do your tithe, first fruits or taruma, because your tithe isn't your first fruits, as many people think or believe. Missions, because we're still doing stuff in Africa. You know, actually we'll sort the videos out hopefully for next week. We managed to feed, was it 500 children, Amanda? Or 600 children? No, it's Boxing Day. 500 children. This church paid for a Christmas party for them. Orphans in Tanzania. Tanzania. Plus 100 of those children, we paid for school uniforms and books to be able to go to school. These are kids that can't go to school because they don't have the resources. This church paid for that. Our children's church paid for that. You know, our children's church were giving last year. They paid for a big chunk of that. That's something to celebrate. We're teaching our children to be givers. We also have Brother Sadu coming in February. We want to be able to bless them when they come as well. So let's pray for our offering. I'd like to give the giving boxes over there. There's some cards. And uh, I think the FPOS is there if anyone needs it. So Heavenly Father, your holy word tells us to bring our whole tithe into the storehouse so that your work can be accomplished on earth. We humbly and gratefully offer to you our tithes and offerings this day. Thank you for the privilege. May your name be honoured through Christ, our Saviour and our Lord. And it's in his name, it's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. So if you'd like to sow a seed, you know, we, we don't actually give. We, we sow a seed because we expect a harvest. The box will be over there. So the text we're going to concentrate on today is 2 Kings 22.8. Old Testament. Ooh. <laughs> it says, Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. And he read it. He actually had the book. Not this book, but he had the book of the law and he read it. 
I didn't get a chance to put the mandarin up this week. I'm sorry. It was, it was quite busy. 2 Kings 22.8. The scripture is going to work through a 2 Kings 22. I'm going to read the whole scripture for you. I know this is your water pastor, Amanda, but I'm going to... So 2 Kings 22 talks about when Josiah reigns in Judah. I'll read the whole verse for you. If you're watching online... Well, you can't be because we're not streaming. Josiah 1. Josiah was eight years old when he became a king. Imagine that. And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. We could stop there, couldn't we? That's a good lesson for us. Go straight. Don't turn to the right or the left. Oops. I love when people start texting me when I'm preaching. Then it talks about Hilkiah finding the book of the law. Now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan the scribe, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people. And let them deliver into the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord doing the work to repair the damages of the house. So a lot of people would say, we just got to live by faith. The church just wants my money, but they should be living by faith as well. But what they're saying here is the people, the congregation, actually giving to the church for the work that needs to be done. Verse 6, to the carpenters and the builders and the masons to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. However, there be sorry. However, there need be no accounting made with them of the money delivered into their hand, because they deal faithfully. Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, "I have found the book of the law and in the house of the Lord." And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he said, "Read it." So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, "Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house." And have delivered it into the hand of those who do the work, who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah, sorry, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. You ever thought of that? Maybe when you read your Bible, you're reading it to the king? I know that's how I look at it. Try and study every word as I'm reading it. Because it's his word. And he's watching. He's listening. The angels are taking notes. Remember those people that come to Jesus and said, but we've cast out demons in your name. We've healed the sick. We've, we've done all this stuff. And he said, I do not know you. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest 
Ahikim, the son of Shaphan, Achbor, the son of Micaiah, so many names in this one, Shaphan, the scribe, and Isaiah, the servant of the king, saying, Go inquire the Lord for me, for the people and all, and for all of Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us. Nothing's changed. We need a reverent fear of the Lord, but we actually need a fear of the Lord because if he wants to take you out, he will. We know four or five ministers a couple of years ago that all died within about six months. They didn't have a fear of the Lord, I can tell you. And some of the stuff they were preaching was not from this book. It was from something else. We've got to have that fear of the Lord. For great is the wrath of the Lord that's aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. To do according to all that is written concerning us. There's lots of stuff in, written in here concerning us that we should be doing. So Hilkiah the priest, all, all of them, and Isaiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shulam, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhus, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem, it says, in the second quarter. And they spoke with her. And she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell me the man who sent you to me. And thus the Lord, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity in this place and on its inhabitants all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read. We don't want to hear that, do we? But we could. The way the world is heading, we could. The way our country is heading, we could. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods. Money, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, jobs, cars, boats, other gods. That they might provoke the anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. Anyone want to hear that? I certainly don't. But as for the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of this word, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself. Here's the lesson here. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse and you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. It was prophesied over us before we planted this church when we were in South Africa for two months that we would weep for this city. I have never wept as much or for anything as much as I have in the last three years as for this city and God's church. You guys don't get to see it, but Pastor Amanda does. Verse 20, Surely, therefore, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. Amen for that. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place. So they brought word back to the king. we follow God's word, things will go well for us. If we don't, things will not go well for us. 
The Bible is clear. During the reign of the king of King Je- Josiah, a great discovery was made. This might be a similar discovery as we all made when we found the Bible ourselves. Hilkiah, the priest that had announced to Shaphan the scribe during the, the time that the temple was being repaired, I have found the book of the law of the house of the Lord. Do we have that joy when we first discovered the Bible? Some of us did. Some of us may still believe it's just a book. So much more than that. Go to African countries and put your Bible on the ground and see what happens. Someone will run over out of nowhere and pick it up and hand it back to you. Put something on your Bible in an African country or or even some Asian countries. People come over and take it off. It's revered. We need to start doing the same thing. I know believers that don't even know where their Bible is, but they tell me they read it. Not sure how that works. I know believers that say they don't need to read their Bible, they've got a relationship with Jesus. Mm, I'm not sure that's how it works. From the simple statement of I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord, one of the most interesting happenings in the Old Testament takes place. Not only did this discovery have significance then, but it has a message for now. Finding the lost or rediscovering the Bible is an especially appropriate message for the beginning of the year. As I said at the start, we can read the Bible in a year. I started on the 1st of January and I finished on the 30th of December. I had a day up my sleeve because it was Pastor Amanda's birthday. I didn't want to have to say to her, I've got like 60 books to read today. That wouldn't have been wise on my part. So we can look at this great discovery in two ways. And this is how I want you to look at it today. We can rediscover the Bible historically. It's the discovery of the lost book. Who knows where their Bible is? Awesome. Who doesn't know where their Bible is? Or hasn't got one? If you haven't got one, let me know. We'll give you one. Michael will get you one. Actually, I think I've got a really good one at home for you, Michael. It's got lots of notes and highlighting in it. So let's look, at, let's look at the times. We're looking historically first. Josiah was the grandson of Manasseh, one of the wickedest kings of Judah. Because we know that Israel didn't have some real good kings. They? they had the king, but they wanted kings like everyone else. That's why when I heard that our, our Queensland government and our police force here are encouraging people to dob in their neighbours and their friends who are saying stuff against the government and being anti-police. I said to Pastor Amanda and, and her mum and dad, I'll expect to get locked up every week because that's what we do at church. We're not anti-government, but we answer to them, we answer to him. One service we missed during COVID, and that was only because we both had COVID. We didn't miss one. Yet there's churches closed until the 15th because it's a Christmas holiday. Sure, Christmas is a pagan holiday. During his reign, the nation was flooded with idolatry and immorality. Does that sound like Australia today? 
Do we have a wicked king at the moment? I'll pull up shortly. <laughs> the worship of Baal was restored in a land which was full of sorcerers and mediums and star worshippers. Does that sound like the Gold Coast, perhaps? Violence reigned. That sounds like our state, our country, doesn't it? The temple of God was neglected. Hang on a minute. Are we back in Josiah's times or are we in 2023? Sounds very similar. We've got teenagers stabbing people. And the government does nothing. Do you know Baal? Well, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. Breach, breach of, that's the, you know, in Queensland, breach of bail is not a crime? Breach of bail in Queensland is not a crime. So we're going to release you with these rules that you have to obey. Oh, but if you break them, that's okay. We won't do anything about it. This is Josiah's times. The king and the people had heard the prophet's words, but they rebelled against the God of their fathers. It's not that many years ago, a couple of decades, that in Australia people went to church on a Sunday. Now they go to the football or, or whatever else. Then come along King Josiah. He was eight years old when he was crowned and ruled for 31 years. Can you imagine an eight-year-old being our prime minister in Australia? Probably do a better job. Be much better than Queen Anastasia in, in, in our state. The influence of godly people prompted Josiah to seek the Lord and repair the temple. That's a good thing, right? The time is coming where we will have a government in this country that will seek the Lord and repair the church. Those people aren't on the landscape yet, but they're coming. While this was happening, the lost book was found. Start repairing the temple. Oh my goodness, look. Here's something we can follow. The book that Hilkiah found was called the book of the law and was either part or all of the book of Deuteronomy. It's a pretty tough book to read. But we'll do it this year in small chunks. It's how we eat an elephant, right? In bite-sized pieces. It was God's word discovered in you. Even reading through the book of Revelation, I read the Bible. I have done for the last probably... Eight or nine years, every year, cover to cover. And every time, but especially when I get to the book of Revelation, something pops out. There's something new that you've read so many times over, but it just jumps out at you. It was God's word rediscovered. It had been lost for some time under the pile of stones. Or maybe under the pile of clothes in your bedroom. It was lost. It was in the temple, or, or it was in one of the chambers. It was in a cupboard somewhere where it had remained unnoticed for years. I mean, we laugh about it, but people say to me, oh, well, I'm going through all this stuff. Well, when, when did you last read your Bible? I don't know, maybe last week. And you see their Bible, and you've got to go, like, get the dust off it. It hasn't been opened. 
might even still be in the plastic that it come in. Wherever it was, wherever the book was, it was quite evident that pe the people of God had not been reading the scriptures as they should have been. We're not supposed to just hear it. We're supposed to read it ourselves. If you listen to any of our podcasts or any of our teachings we do online midweek, at the end of every one of them, I'll say, read it for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. And if you want to challenge anything that we've taught, that's awesome. But come back to me with a biblical response. Josiah's response is described in four ways. First, he heard it read. The first step towards a personal discovery of God's word is a willingness to read it or hear it. And I know sometimes it's hard. When there's stuff going on, the devil's going to stand in between you and the word. And he's going to try and stop you from reading it. He's going to distract you. But Josiah's heart was tender. And he humbled himself before the Lord. The second thing was he responded to the message of the book. He heard it, he read it, and he responded to it. I can't do your obedience for you. You've heard me say that before. You've got to do it yourself. And he was so moved by what he'd heard that he tore his clothes in grief and repentance. We just had a year of repentance. We need a little bit more. But this year is a year of divine restoration. And thirdly, Josiah read the book to the people. He didn't just keep it to himself. He did something about it and he read it to the people. I love it last night. We ran into our neighbour, Peter, who years ago I went on a missions trip to Papua New Guinea with. We said, oh, what are you doing tonight? Are you going to come down and watch the fireworks? The fireworks is literally at the front of our house. And he goes, no, 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 I've got to go and pick mum up. His mum's 92 years old. And he said... At three minutes to midnight, every single year, she makes us sit down. This is a guy that's probably in his 60s. She makes us sit down and read Psalm 90. At three minutes to midnight, they read the book to the people. How good is that? This little old lady on a walker. You will sit down and read Psalm 90. <laughs> And God spoke to their hearts as he did to Josiah's. As the word was preached, as they read it, as they did something about it, God spoke to them. If you're not hearing from the Lord, maybe that's on you, it's not on him. If he's not answering your prayers, he's not deaf. Maybe there's something you need to do. They were convicted of forgotten vows. Haven't we done that before? God, if you just do this for me, I'll give you my life. Well, I didn't mean all of it, Lord. I just meant, you know, a little bit. They were renewed by the covenant of the nation of Israel. You know, the Lord has a covenant for this country. It's been prophesied so many times. This is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. We want revival. But we've got to have reformation first. The fourth thing is revival came in response to the book. The first three things were actually reformation taking place. 
The temple was cleansed of the heathen worship. These big churches that are worshipping music, you know the ones, the big screens, the skinny jeans, the smoke machines, 20 people in a worship team, you think you're walking into a concert? That's going to be cleansed. That's coming. And when that happens, that heathen worship is cleansed out of the temple. The land was cleansed of idolatry. You know the churches that aren't open, eh? are the ones that probably can't get all their worship team in. We can't use our hall. Who cares? Do you remember when the, when the election was on and we couldn't use the hall at all? And it was raining? We did church outside in the car park. That's what we're supposed to be doing. doesn't matter what it's like. We worship the Lord. The temple was cleansed. Heathen worship was gone. The land was cleansed of idolatry. And immorality was stamped out. The observance of the Passover was renewed. Rediscovering God brought about new leadership, new purpose. Who's looking for new purpose this year? Who's looking for a purpose this year? It brought about a new spirit of worship to the people. I love this morning. Worship just started at quarter past nine before most people were here. It just started and continued through. We must remember that God's word is powerful. It kindles a fire in our hearts. It leads to life and creates light by which to live. It is God's word to us. This is God's word to us. If you don't think he's talking to you, open this up and read it. And ask him about it. Lord, what does this mean? Meditate on it. I had a dream. I shared this with everyone yesterday morning who come to the prayer meeting. I had a dream on Friday night. It's Friday night, wasn't it? And I don't dream that often. I'm not someone who has a dream every night and it's a brand new prophecy. I believe that's witchcraft if someone's doing that because that's not the way it works. I had a dream and it was so vivid because we haven't been able to use the hall for two weeks. Most of our equipment is locked in the storeroom out the back. And there was a building that was on fire. I don't know whether it was this building. I think it was. And Alan, the caretaker, is on the roof. And it's on fire. And the fire brigade are here. And they're all saying, we can't put the fire out. We can't put the fire out. And we're in there worshipping. We can't put the fire out. And I woke up and thought, goodness, do we need to go and get our stuff out of the hall? Is it actually going to be on fire? And the Lord said, it's a fire. It's not going to be able to be put out. How good is that? It was vivid. When I have these dreams, I wake up thinking, my goodness, the place is on fire. It kindles a fire in our hearts. Get ready. It might not be in this building, but wherever we go, the fire is going to be. It leads to a life which creates the light of which to live. Many people seem to have lost their Bibles. Christians can lose their Bibles, not physically, but spiritually, can't they? If you're not reading your Bible with meaning, it is just as lost to you as the Word of God was to the people of Judah. You've got to read it with purpose. Don't 
just read it to you know, tick the box, you know. Flick it open and, oh, the Lord's got a word for me today. Don't just do that. Read it with a purpose. You may lose your Bible by turning aside to wealth. How many people come into churches with nothing? People pray for them. They're looked after and they, they get a job. They get what they're asking for and they never come to church again. They lose their Bible by turning aside to wealth and pleasure and ambition or success. Let me tell you, I've had everything and lost it. I worked for the richest man in Australia at one stage for 10 years, 12 years. Could have had anything I wanted. Still couldn't fill that hollow that God had for me. We are much happier now as ministers earning less than someone on the dole than what we were way back then. Do you agree? But you can rediscover God's word. Open your Bible and begin to read it and a new spiritual day will be yours. That's today, people. The 1st of January. Is there a better time to do it? I mean, I woke up this morning, I was tired. I'm like, oh, the sun's up already. But we're going to church, let's go. We've got to have that zeal. It's okay to be a religious zealot. In fact, we should wear that as a badge because that's not what the world wants to see. There's all these other religions now. Doctors have become a religion. COVID is a religion. Not knowing whether you're a boy or a girl has become a religion. The world has some issues. The second thing we're going to look at today is rediscovering the Bible in the present. So that's the historical sense of it. But let's rediscover it in the present. You can rediscover the Bible in three ways. You can rediscover it authoritatively. If you're looking for an authority in your life, it's here. The Bible is not an authority, though, on science or history. It's an authority on spiritual things. Just trust the science. Don't, don't trust the science. It's an authority on spiritual things. It is not just a book of religion. It is a book of divine revelation. Let me say that again because I think only three or four of you heard it. It's a book of divine revelation. When you read it and read it and read it and start saying, God, what does this mean? What are you saying to me here? He'll start answering you. It is a book of redemption. Praise the Lord that he redeemed me. I should have been in a grave many times. I still remember that night. He had his arm around me saying, I've got more for you. And we get excited. Like, yes, Lord, it's going to be good. And then it doesn't get any better for a while, does it? But we know that he's got a plan. It's a book of divine inspiration. It reveals God to us. You know, the atheists like to say, what's God like? Well, read this. Find out. Ask him yourself. The Bible is not our final authority in life, though. It's the authority basis of our faith. We need something to stand on. 
for our faith, don't we? We need something to practice for our faith. We need something to stand on. I'm not going to do it. I saw Pastor Shane Cunningham do it once. He actually stood on his Bible and I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I love you, brother, but I can't do that. The Bible is the answer. You're going through stuff in your life and you're looking for answers? It's here. might take you a while to find it. You might need to read a few books perhaps, but you'll find the answers. We can rediscover the Bible personally. It has power to speak to us personally. I can read a verse and get something completely different than what Gloria will because it speaks to us. The Holy Spirit will open the word to our hearts as we open our hearts to the word. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will open the word to our hearts as we open our hearts to the word. We don't just think it's a book that was written 2,000 years ago. When we start actually opening ourselves up to it. Jesus did this for the disciples on the road to Emmaus as he explained in the scriptures about his coming. When their eyes were opened, they recognized him and said in Luke 24, 32, remember the two guys walking along the street? Jesus was with them and they didn't even know it. If he walked in here today, would we know it? Probably not. If John the Baptist walked in, we'd probably know it. If Peter walked in, we'd probably know it. Luke 24, 32 says, Do not, did not, sorry, our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. So after they fact, they realized that Jesus was with them because their hearts were burning. You know, there's, sometimes there's just sometimes you read the Bible or you hear something preached and your heart just leaps. Jesus still does this today in our hearts through the Spirit. We can rediscover the Bible practically. It's a good way to start. Our, the goal of our lives, or one goal of our lives, should be a renewed emphasis on the Bible. This year is a good year to have a renewed emphasis on the Bible. I absolutely believe Jesus is coming back in our time. Probably a good time to get ready. Change our emphasis. Change our focus. The ways we do this, we hear it. We come to church, we hear it preached. Proverbs 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a, wise, and, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. Attain wise counsel. If you've got questions, ask someone who has the answers. Second thing is read it. So hear it and read it. We forget that 90 to 95% of, of what we hear, if you're like me, probably a little bit more than 95% of what you hear, you'll forget. I'm someone who's got to see and hear and do for it to sink in. So read the Bible for yourself. Just because I say it, it so doesn't make it. Read it for yourself. Go over the scriptures. Read it with a searching spirit. Read it in faith. Read it for fellowship with the Heavenly Father. Read it prayerfully. Pray about it as you're reading it. Study it. I'm not saying go to Bible college or any of that. 
Bible college for most people is the biggest waste of money they're ever going to have. It's true. It's true. We see young people especially, they leave school, they go to Bible college, learn nothing because they've never experienced life, and become pastors. So what are they going to teach their flock? What are they going to do when the first drug addict comes up to them and says, I need help? What are they going to do when the first prostitute comes into their church? We forget 70% of what we read. So we, we forget 95% of what we hear, and we forget 75, sorry, 70% of what we read. It's not giving us much hope, is it? So study the Scriptures personally. Use a notebook if you need to. Take notes on what you discover. When the Lord speaks to you, here's an encouragement for you this year. Have a notebook or use your phone. When the Lord speaks to you this year, write it down. When he shows you something, write it down. I'm still looking at pussies. I found a couple of old notebooks over the last few months from 2010, 2011, 2012. And you look at them and go, Lord, that come true. What you told me would happen, happened. And then you look at others and you think, hasn't come true yet, but all these other things have, so that will do. Write it down. It gives you hope. It gives you a reminder of what the Lord has said. In those times of discouragement, when you, the Lord's not doing anything in my life, go back and read some of the prophecies that you've had over your life. Maybe he's getting you to do something before he moves. Study it whenever you have an opportunity. Memorize whatever you can in the Bible. I'm terrible when it comes to memorizing verses. And that's okay. When I'm ministering to someone, the Lord will give me what I need because I'm open to Him. It's only a couple of weeks ago we had the angels in, in the room there. We're going to have that again. You know, every church has an angel over it. Every church. Some of those angels are you know, probably standing around pretty bored. They've got nothing to do. There's nothing happening in the church. Some of those angels may not even be from heaven. They may be angels of something else. Let me tell you, there's some of those over church. Some of those angels, and I believe that the angels that are over our church are the ones that are standing there and they're beaten up. They've been in battle. They are shining with the glory. But you can see that they've been fighting for the church. They're the ones we want because we're in a battle. Been saying for the last year, get ready. Get ready and keep up. Pastor Ramel preached on the end time army. Apostle Dai was preaching similar messages last year. Our angels are standing there ready to go into battle for us. To memorize what you can and hide it in your heart. Have a verse that you can always go back to. Commit verses and chapters and whole sections of scripture to memory if you can do that. As I said, I can't. That does not work for me. I wish it did. Meditate on the scriptures. I'm not thinking, oh, I'm not thinking that. Get a scripture and talk to the Lord about it throughout the day. Talk to him, Lord, what does this mean? Why is this scripture stuck in my heart? What do, you, what do you need me to learn from it? Teach me, Lord. 
The psalmist said that the person who meditates on the word day and night is blessed. Who doesn't want that? Psalm 1-2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. We've got to get that mentality out of our head that the Old Testament is the law and it doesn't count anymore. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. We need both the Old and New Testaments. Yep. Yep. I did smash that mug. <laughs> the other one is I don't need the church anymore. I've got a relationship with God. That won't get you very far at all. We've got to get up in the morning thinking about the Word of God. We've got to go to bed at night meditating on it. Yeah, we go to bed at night saying, Lord, show us what you've got for the church. Show us what you've got for us. He doesn't do it every night, but often he'll give us a little snippet. I was under this table out in that other hall not that many weeks ago, and those angels saying to me, do you want to see a glimpse of heaven? Do you want to see what's happening in the church? Not really. <laughs> Some of the things he showed me, like, I am well pleased with. This is what I remember I said. Some of you were here when I said, I can't tell you what it is. I need to process it. He said, I am well pleased with this church. I am well pleased with the leaders. I'm well pleased with most of the church. But some, their hearts have rotten fruit. I know who they are. You need to work it out for yourself if you're one of them. It's up to you. I can't do it for you. But the Lord is watching. He knows. He's giving you an opportunity for repentance. So we've got to go to bed at night meditating on the word. We've got to wake up thinking about it, ready to go. So I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to finish up because we're, we're getting on. Oh, it's 11 o'clock. We're doing all right. The Bible becomes a living book to us when we experience its truth in our lives for ourselves. You can't live your walk through me. You can't live it through Carolyn. You can't live it through Simon or Teddy. You've got to live it yourself. You can't blame the pastor for everything that goes wrong in your life if you're not doing what the Bible says. In fact, you can't blame the pastor anyway. It's your life, not his. You'd be surprised what we get blamed for. I'm saying pastors in general. Well, my life's falling apart. Well, did you do what we said the other 20 times? No, I didn't. Nothing we can do about it then. And don't always blame the devil either. It's not always his fault. <laughs> our walk with Christ squarely rests on our shoulders. We've got to experience that truth for itself. When you come to this reality of Christ. Sorry, when you do this, the reality of Christ comes to our life so that our faith is restored and our spirit is renewed. Who needs some renewing in our spirit this year? I mean, last year was tough, right? The last two years have been pretty tough for believers. Some of us lost our jobs. Some of us weren't allowed to go to our churches anymore because we weren't vaccinated. What the heck is that about? It's been pretty tough for believers. We need to have our faith restored. Not necessarily our faith in humanity or our faith in the world, but our faith in God. And then our spirit can be renewed. 
Brother Sadhu is coming to this tiny little church on the Gold Coast. Which is unheard of. Seriously, he's not preaching anywhere else in Australia. He's got a conference on afterwards, but that's it. And it's not that big. No. He has a message for this church and this city and this country, and it's coming here. We need to get ourselves cleaned up. It's one of the reasons we're fasting as a church, to get ourselves ready. We need to start reading the Bible. We need to discover the Bible for ourselves. We need to commit ourselves to reading God's Word and listening to God's Word. And when I say listening, I don't mean get on Facebook and listen to the next 20 preachers that pop up in your timeline. Listen to God's Word. Read it. Commit yourself to it this year. I want to see everyone's life change for the better. If God's doing things in your life now, fantastic. But don't you want him to do more? If he's not doing anything in your life, great. He's going to do a lot more. It's up to you. When we commit ourselves to God's word this year, it will bring new life. I can assure you of it. I can assure you of it. You hear my belly rumbling? This whole fasting thing is going to be a little bit tough some days. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. I want to encourage you all. Start getting into the Word. However that looks for you this year. If you'd like to receive Apostle Shenley's messages every morning, let me know and I'll send them to you. We'll figure out how we're going to do it. If you want to start reading the Bible every single day this year and have it done by the end of the year, let's do that together. I'll show you how to get onto the YouVersion Bible app. Let's make a commitment as a church to really step into what God's got for us. Yeah, we're a church full of prophets and apostles. God doesn't gather the caliber of, of prophet and apostle that we have in this church together without a purpose. So Lord, we thank you that we can gather again on your day, this one being the first of the year. Use us, Lord, as we commit ourselves to reading your word, to listening to your word, Lord, to meditating on it and serving you. I hear the Lord saying, some of us, we've been praying, Lord, use us, use us, use us. And then every time he's about to, we go, oh, not that way, Lord. No, I don't want to do that, Lord. He did that to me, you know. Lord, use me. Off ye Africa. Oh, I don't want to go to Africa, Lord. Bahamas or something like that would be great. But but we've got to stop that. We've got to get that out of our heads. That when, he, when we're saying, Lord, use us, and he says, well, I want you to do this, we've got to actually do it. Because, you know, if, if you say no, he's going to find the next person that's going to say yes. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We will be obedient this year, Lord. The glory will be yours. <coughs> oh, excuse me. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. The privilege of serving you is, is the greatest privilege privilege we could have. Lord, bless us this year as a church. Protect us, Lord, as a church this year. Use us as your instruments in this city and around the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.